What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we're going to be talking about Ed Fitch and his book, Magical Rites from the Crystal Well. Which is an adorable book. Yeah, it is cute. Like, just aesthetically is super pleasing. Yeah, even though you can tell it's really old. It has a very, like, zine Vibe, yes. Which I really like. Which makes sense if we start talking about his bio. Tell me so, all about him. So this book came out in 1984. He was born April 29th, 1937 in Roxborough, North Carolina. So yay, another American. Um, he's a high priestess in Gardnerian Wicca. No comments from Gemini. Uh, <laughs> you know how you feel about Carol Made Gardner? No comments. <laughs> Uh, he's a leading figure in Wicca and neo-paganism in the USA and lives in Austin, Texas. He's a graduate of the Virginia Military Institute, and he um, is a retired lieutenant colonel from the U.S. Air Force, huh. which I love, right? Uh, he has a master's in systems management from the University of Southern California, and he worked as a technical writer and electronic engineer in D.C. I kind of love that. Right? But then he returned to the Air Force where he stayed. He returned in 1966 and stayed till he retired. Right? Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, he was initiated by Buckland in 1967. Oh, wow. Uh, while he was stationed at an Air Force base in Massachusetts. Um, he's one of the creators of the Pagan Way, which is an outer court neo-pagan tradition. And he was the editor of the Waxy Moon magazine, uh, founded in 1964 as the first magazine devoted to witchcraft in the U.S. And later on, it was named The Crystal Well. Oh, God. So it. this idea of it looking like a zine, well, yes. Because it, it was. Kinda, it kind of was. <laughs> it was. And it's funny because I used to have a zine. And I remember getting like that clip art mm-hmm. and kind of like putting the borders because some of his pages have those borders. And, mm-hmm. and then you put your typing inside like, oh, my God. It took me back. Um not to 1960s. No, but, never. Okay. Um, oh, you are an unaging vampire. So, like, you probably were there. Okay, seriously, I'm not that old. Uh, like Mid 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Mid 70s, he helped to organize and he chaired two pagan ecumenical councils to establish the covenant of the goddess. In the 1980s, he continued as a Gardnerian high priest, but his research, it led him to initiation in other traditions. So, like, he was uh, in the fairy faith. The Order of Osiris, the Order of the Temple of Astarte, Norse um, traditions, and ceremonial magic. So I kind of feel like we're talking about a guy who... Did everything. Yeah. Wow. I know. Where did he have the free time? I was just thinking the exact same thing. Like, where do you have the time to do this? I literally, as we said in the previous episode, I don't have enough time to take my one monthly offering to Goodwill. And this man is initiated in like 15 different faiths. I know. I wish. Well, the Crystal Well was a mimeograph newsletter. So a zine. It was a zine. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where you want to begin. I want to begin with the introduction. Okay. Um, he explains that the Crystal Well is neo-pagan, but not Wiccan, and it doesn't have a name, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. I was like, all right, all right, cool. I see how we're modifying now. We're moving into the future and things are changing. Mm-hmm. I loved that we're we're sort of hitting that neo-pagan moment where people stop saying we're pagans and start saying we're neo-pagans like we're acknowledging that there were things that came before us that we are not yeah i like that Mm -hmm. um he does describe i wrote this note down let me get it he describes paganism as being defined as believing that divinity is contained within all living things yes um specifically he calls this monism Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't i never use that definition 
I've never used that either. I don't. Yeah. I've never read that definition. Or I don't recall having read that definition in any of our previous books. So I think this is sort of like his little branching point, maybe, from having been in all of these faiths. Is like, oh, this is. But he also says that this religion is one where you um, follow and honor the cycles of nature. Yes, so which is very he's tying that in. Yeah, but but I mean, I think it's just the idea of monism that might be new. Because when you think about it, when we say, well, we're going to follow the cycles, you know, the earth, you know, it, it has this whole pattern. We're talking about life, death, and rebirth. We're talking about humans. We're talking about plants. We're talking about, you know, animals. We're talking about all these things. And if we're all connected, well, what connects us? It's the God-like yeah. thing. I just don't think we talk about it in those ways. I don't think that we refer to it that way, which is why it seems new. Yeah. But I think he's he's on it. One of the things I liked that he said in the beginning of the book was, we want the old ways of paganism and of Wicca to be around for a long time. And in time, a new generation will arrive, which will be looking for something of quality and depth. Hopefully, this can be part of our legacy. And I thought that was... What I liked about that was it's not saying exactly around. It's saying the old ways of paganism and of Wicca. What are they? Well, there's some old ways. Yeah. We just want, <laughs> They're old. Yeah, we want these things to just stick around. Yeah. And to tie that in then to this whole idea of monism and neo-pagan is like saying, listen, I don't think we have to be that strict. I don't think we have to yeah. be this particular way or no way. And maybe that comes from the fact that he was initiated into different things where he just took a little bit and was eclectic, even though he was a Gardnerian high priest. And he does say in that introduction as well that, like, the beauty of paganism is adaptability. Yes. And I think that that is so spot on, especially with, like, all the different stuff that we're reading and the the way that – not necessarily that we've changed, but that our mindsets have changed as we read all of these texts. Yeah. Like, yeah – The value of this religion is that you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Right? Like, I can be Hellenic, and you could be a Wiccan bruja, and all of these things can can fit in a way that is unique and special. And and that does have depth. That is deep. I don't have a synonym for deep. Okay. But but I, I, I get it. Yeah. As much as some of the terminology, I'm like, eh, I get it. Yeah. He says that modern man is practically divorced from nature. And that line really, you know, resonated with me because we are. We separate ourselves from nature more every day. Yeah. Um, and I don't even want to blame technology. You know, everyone wants to blame the cell phone for like the, the fall of humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone, you know, that's everyone's stuck on their phones. No, I don't even think it's that. I think that we don't see ourselves as natural beings. Yes. You know what I mean? It's a philosophical issue. It's not a technological issue. You know, if you, I love my phone. I love all my gadgets. Yeah. But I recognize that all this is meaningless. It's like trappings of a material world. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I don't, I know that I'm trapped. I know that I'm a consumer. I know, I recognize that. But I know that there's time to just be part of nature. And part of what I like to do when it comes to nature, and my husband thinks I'm a little wackadoo. But I will sit with my dog and, like, stare into his eyes. And, like... Yours are cute. <laughs> I, my soft side. No, but, like, I'll stare into his eyes. And, like, I'll talk to him, mm-hmm. like, really low. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll talk to him, like, really low. And he does, like, look at me. And he listens to me. And then I'm like, let's go for a walk. And when I'm taking a walk, I don't take my phone. 
I want to be out there. I want to feel the cold or I want to hear the birds or I want to. So you can be in the material world and still recognize. I think this divorce from nature is that we don't even see ourselves. We don't see the importance of getting outside. Yes. I'm pointing because I. She's really pointing at me. Okay. I have ADHD. Okay. Like worse and worse every day. (laughs) It's like so bad. Uh, sometimes I just like apologize to people. I'm like, I'm sorry that my brain just jumped in six different directions because it's it's bad. And part of the problem with having ADHD is that I have always found it really difficult to just like be in nature. Right? Like Ooh, it's okay. not stimulating enough. Oh, okay. I can never – and I feel bad. Like I want to be the kind of person who like can stand in a forest and appreciate the beauty of the leaves and I can't. Okay. Can I give you a suggestion? Yes. You love yoga. I do. Go do yoga in a park. Yes. Also, when I started gardening over the summer, oh, okay. it completely changed it for me. Oh, okay. Because, but that's the thing is I need to be doing something. So like yoga in a park, in nature. great idea. Being able to get my hands in the dirt and grow something yeah. works. Yeah. But you're right. Like you have to be yourself in nature. Right. And I feel like we're either completely ignoring the fact that we're natural beings and we're like, we are human and we're so much above nature and we have society. Or we're trying to force ourselves into like the stereotype of the natural person where it's like, mm. oh, well, I have to be a hippie and I have to like yeah. hug trees. And I'm no. never going to wear Birkenstocks. That's just no, not really a thing. they're really not cute. <laughs> yeah, they're not cute at all. You know, it's funny. I saw somebody at work with Birkenstocks and- At work? Yeah. Not. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, like, I, she had complimented something of mine. So I wanted to compliment her back. And I couldn't think of anything because I kept staring at her feet because I hate Birkenstocks. And I was like, oh, nice uh, sandals. She was like, oh, you know, they come in different colors. And she told me where she got them. And I'm like, thank you so much for passing that information to me. Yeah, I'm never going to buy Birkenstocks. Like bleach that out of like, my brain. No, I'm not going to wear tie dye. I'm not going to, you know, no. Yeah, but I, I think, I think you're right. Like, they, there is this separation from nature, mm-hmm. but there's also, like, you don't always know how to get there. True. And, like, I feel so different once I figured out what my get there was. Mm. Right? Like, I care so much about my garden. I know. <laughs> I care so much. That's I went awesome. in every day over the summer. And, like, yeah. I'm a teacher. I don't have to. But I went in every day because I care so much about those damn plants. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, find a thing that allows you to do nature. I don't go outside. I talk about it on the podcast all the time. I, I hate outside. Yeah. I got I, I one thing. Maybe two. Yoga in the park sounds actually really good. I think you would like it. I would very yeah. much like that, actually. And I think I can do that in the summer in the town that I live in. I like taking my dog. There's a park near here. And um, it's a little lake. And I like walking with him and talking to him. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I love it. I could be there a really long time. He can. He gets antsy. But... <laughs> I know. He's the one. I'm like, come on, let's go outside. He's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready to go back in. Mm-hmm. Let's go back in the car. But um, yeah, I think you have to find out who you are in nature. But I agree with what he's saying. We are practically divorced. Oh, for sure. And whether you want to be pagan or not, I think it's a good idea for people to get out there and figure out what's their happy place. Well, we've got this whole movement now happening of like locally sourced food. Yeah. Eating local is probably... Maybe not as good for the environment as being vegan, but it's really good for the environment. It's really good for the world, right? Being in your community is so important. 
And it's just now in like 2019 that we're starting to 2018 a little bit too, that we were getting that push to like, oh no, you need to be like sourcing your food locally, partaking in your local environment. Did you join a, a, a farm yet? No. Okay. No, I have a farmer's market in where I live. I was about to say where I live. Um, right down the street so we go and like get vegetables there okay no i'm thinking about joining the farm i like so here's the thing about me i love to plant yeah not so much take care of the plants afterwards i'm really lousy at that but like if you said to me i have a bunch of dirt i need you to like do like i'm there you know you're talking about your friends that like to clean Mm mm-hmm if you said to me, look, I have all these pots and I have all these dirt and I'm not really sure. Like, I'm there. Like, I don't even wear gloves. Like, I stick my hands in. Like, oh, I wow. love it. But then afterwards, it's like, I got it. You had to see me one year. I planted so much. And then when I had to go out there every day, I was like, mm-hmm. what did I just do this to myself? So, you know. Yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, the witch's read of chivalry? Oh, yes. Because I kind of thought this was cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was very much like... um like, the way that I looked at it was, like, this is the Wiccan read of his particular faith, I guess, of, like, this mm-hmm. neo-pagan movement that doesn't have a name that is being described in this crystal well. Yeah. And so I liked it. I liked the the information that he included. There's a Shakespeare quote that, like, got me. Yeah. I was like, mm, okay, I like it. <laughs> I'm good. Well, before we even get to that, there's something that he did. He, he took these European folk traditions and he purposely modified them to have a wider appeal and i feel like it was probably the first time that we really see someone trying to include just conscious inclusion mm-hmm. of other groups which i thought was really cool yeah but um okay the witch's read of chivalry we've got 21 items i did not write down all 21 no but i do like be true to yourself mm-hmm. which i think is so key especially when you have people thinking to be a witch, I have to do it like this person. No, be do it like you. Yeah. You know? Uh, don't gossip or speak ill of others. Nope, can't do it. Sorry. I'm a so, Gemini. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, I think that's how witch, witch space kind of started. It's, like, yeah. you and I were just spilling tea about things. Literally, yes. And then we started talking about witch stuff. And then we still do that. We just yes. don't record all the tea here because nobody knows who these people are. I... So let's let's just really quickly have like a <laughs> philosophical conversation about gossip. Okay. Because I think that there is throughout human history, like if you mm-hmm. look at Buddhist practices, if you look at like ascetic monk practices, if you look at stoicism from ancient Greece, there's this idea that your life is embedded by not being a petty bitch, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I even I was watching like uh, the Mind Explained on Netflix, okay, and they were talking about like using LSD in psychological treatments, and like mm-hmm. people get better because LSD helps them to realize that like you're you're one with the universe, and like everybody is everybody, and like all, that kind of vibe. Okay, and I feel like that's also something that witchcraft religions tend to sort of push is like you're one with the universe you're in touch with nature mm. uh, 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 all of this stuff but I just like I cannot I have like this massive cognitive dissonance I guess between philosophically understanding that this is a concept that is good and like you should do and the reality of my life which is I enjoy talking shit and I want to continue to do it okay so the other thing that unites us is that we're both petty bitches yes okay but I think there's a difference between hurtful gossip and 
just like having a bitch fest and just like, you know, kiki, like we're just laughing mm-hmm. at people. Okay. Bad gossip would be, I hear something about someone. Well, now I'm going to spread it. Yeah. I'm going to like take them down. Or why spread any kind of gossip about anybody? But like with your friends? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Let me tell you what so-and-so did today. What? You know, I mean, like that's between us. And yeah. It's not going anywhere and it's not going to hurt anybody because like your perception of this person is the same as my perception, which is why we're even having this conversation. That's fair. I'm not trying to tell you this person you like is a terrible person. So let me tell you some gossip on them. Like, you know what I mean? Unless they were so terrible, they're like, okay, listen, I got to tell you something. Like, I'm helping you, like, please. Please do not yeah. get hurt by this person. But other than that, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't need to tell you gossip about somebody. If it's somebody we already don't like, we're going to talk about it. And I think that's how most people function. You have that one friend you know you can gossip with. Yeah. And that's, Literally, that's the yes. fun <laughs> thing about it. Like, you're going to gossip with this person about this or that. I have friends I never gossip with because it's like either we don't know the same people or we have other things to talk about, but... This is funny. Like, when we gossip, I think it's funny. I'm the gossip friend. You know, that's, yeah. I'm everybody's gossip friend. Yeah. And it's just funny. But it's like, I, I've never heard you say something about somebody because you want to hurt them or because you want to. I think that's the gossip and speaking ill of others. I think that's what he's talking about, right? Like, right now, um, what would you get? What would any of us get from saying we don't like a certain witch? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, why speak ill of that person? Let that person do their thing. You don't like it, don't go near them. You know, so I think when it comes to witches, you know, you can disagree with like, I don't know why this person does this this way, but you don't need to badmouth her to other people. That's, it's working for her. Yeah, so stop talking shit about me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I say as if anybody even talks about me. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good take because yeah. this is a thing that I'm like, struggling with just conceptually in my yeah. life i'm reading a stoic handbook for fun because i'm a lunatic um <laughs> it's a great book but i i really struggle with this this idea of like you shouldn't gossip but i want to gossip yeah so i i like that i like this take better because it is nuanced and i think yeah. i always prefer a nuanced take yeah. to a black and white take yeah so yeah we can gossip yeah as long as we're not hurting anybody he also says a witch a witch's word is her bond. And I'm like, I think he's probably taking this from Gardner. I don't know if everybody who's listening remembers. Gardner referred to everybody as a witch, regardless of gender. Yes. And the gender neutral pronoun was she. And I'm just loving that. So yeah. I just keep using that. I use they and them in my daily life, but I like to use she amongst witches, even yeah. though I'm not a Gardner fan. But I think it's the feminist in me that's like, everybody's she. It's the petty bitch in me that's like, yeah. oh, oh, you're mad because you feel like male witches like aren't important no, enough. They're just oh, witches. It's such a thing as a male witch. Mm. You're a witch. You're a witch. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. your pronoun is she. I love that. No, I mean, if I, I'm, I don't stick to that, but with the pronoun. But it is but. also nice, like when you're writing. The assumption has for so many years been he. Yeah. So like it's nice not with to witches. be like, hey, it's yeah, no, she. assume she. We're I'm cool with that. Yeah. Everybody's she. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a witch's word is her bond. Um, yeah, I think, I think if you, even when you talk shit, own it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you say something, own it. Don't be the kind of person that says something and then it's like, all of a sudden going to backtrack and say, well, I didn't say that or that's not what. Now, I think, especially when you come out as a witch, I think when, once you consider yourself an adult, 
Yeah. Forget being a witch. It's just, a good thing I don't consider myself an adult. <laughs> I just think like when you say something, you could be wrong. You could say something and say, oh, uh, that's not what I meant. You know, my bad, whatever. I, I didn't mean that. Yeah. You know, I meant this. Or now that I think about this, okay, you're right. So I'm not saying you can never be wrong. But I think if you give your word to somebody, it should stand for something. I think that's something that's also gone. We're talking about our connection to nature, but how about just our conne- connection to our word? Yeah. What does that even mean? That is another thing that I struggle with greatly because especially like little miss ADHD, I promise so many things. Mm. And then it's like, yeah. I can't do that. I can't do all of those things. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said I could do that. But I think that that's sort of the other side of it is if your word is your bond, then you should be able to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. And be like, that's the thing that makes it easier for me to deal with my horrible ADHD commitments is that I can look at people and be like, I promised you this in this timeline. I can't do that. I can do it in this timeline. Like being reasonable is more important to me. This is my nuanced take more important to Mm. me than following through on every single promise I make to the letter of the law. Because for some of us at Gemini, you make promises that are ridiculous. Well, but I think that there are promises and there are promises. Yeah. I mean, we say all the time we're going to go do something, knowing that both of us are kind of lazy and like, okay, are we really going to do this? Yeah, no, no, it's not going to happen. But we've never missed a podcast. Yeah. So I think the important, and I think that's probably what it's going to. When it comes to your word is your bond, I think it should be for serious things, not, you know, let's go hang out. Yeah, I don't feel like it. Well, your word was your bond. You told me you were coming to hang out with me today. Are we going to such and such place today? Yeah, no, I didn't dress for that. Oh, okay. Which is why I'm calling you going, just tell me what we're doing. I didn't realize you texted me. Yeah, because I was like, what are we doing? Like, I just want to know, like, can I just put on my comfy clothes? You want to know when I showed up. Because I look ridiculous today. Dude, if you had shown up today and I had like my full makeup and my full gear on, I would have been like, you know what, bitch? We're going now. Now we're going. We would have missed a podcast because you would have literally killed me. Yeah, I would have killed you. Because it was like, no. Because I, um, yeah, I'm comfy witch today. Um, Be virtuous is another thing. Yeah. That's tough. (laughs) Why? I just find like, I find commitment to... Being a good person, tough. Because I think... So, like, I have a very strong connection to um, Alphaba from Wicked. Okay. This idea of, like, no good deed goes unpunished. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it's very important that I have wiggle room. It's very important that, yes, I'm going to be virtuous. I'm, like, I care about other people. I'm I'm a good person inside. But sometimes you have to do things that are not good to be good. And so I I don't like the idea of promising that I'm going to be virtuous because sometimes I'm going to do some shit that's not virtuous, but well, it's I think necessary. I think that's the problem with virtue. And I think when I hear the term virtuous, I think of the older woman who goes to church and is telling you that you're going to be mm-hmm. bad, you're going to be burning in hell. And I don't think that's what virtue is. Um, <clears throat> I don't think that's what virtue is. I think we're all human. We're all flawed. We're all going to do something at some point that hurts somebody and you're going to go, oh, damn. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I didn't mean that. Or like you said, do some harm to do some good. So I think being virtuous honestly means try to do your best for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that we can be so absolute and get so, you know, locked in with, okay, now I just screwed up. Now I'm not virtuous. Now I'm not. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, respect others' traditions. 
That one I like. I have no, there's no nuance there. I think that's kind of a hard line for me. Yeah, absolutely. And the only other one that I wrote down was, don't give away another witch's secrets. Bro. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would even say don't even out another witch. Like, that's, oh, yeah. that's like the biggest secret that a witch could have is, you know. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of stereotypes about Geminis and our ability to keep secrets. Mm-hmm. And I am pretty damn good at keeping secrets nine times out of ten. Um, but I do think that there is... We've talked about it on the podcast before about this this pressure in being a religious witch, right? Whether you are like your witchcraft is religious or you have mm-hmm. a religion that's pagan, whatever. Mm-hmm. In being a religious witch, that people just shit on your religion because it is sort of out of the norm. Either mm-hmm. it's like a joke to them, like, oh, ha ha, will you give me a love spell? Or they bristle and they're like, oh, you're, oh, you're a witch. And there's this discomfort in being a witch in the world. And so to to use that as a weapon against somebody. Do we say the F word on the podcast? Have we done that before? Yeah, I think you have. Cool. It's fucked <laughs> to do that. <laughs> okay, I wish people could see your face. I also wish. One day we're just going to record us talking because it's bonkers. But... And I feel like that's the same way, like, don't use somebody's deeply held religious practice against them. Yeah. It's just, it's fucked. Yeah. It it bothers me because there's this, and we've talked about this, this idea of a cool factor. Being a witch is cool. So people want to know. Yeah. You know, like, they come up to you at work and like, oh, are you a witch? Like, can you do this? Like, workers, I don't mean, like, and it's like, I don't know. I've never gone up to some, are you a Muslim? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, like, embarrassing to Like, do. why would you do that yeah. to somebody? Like, first of all, why do you even care? But because, in a way, it's disrespectful because they're not seeing it as, whether it's, it's a secular practice, like, dude, if you know jujitsu, jiu- I'm not going to go, you know jujitsu? Like, can yeah. you teach me? Can you, like, do this for me? It's like, um, I paid for this. I'm trained in this. Mm-hmm. I've spent time on this. People don't devalue stuff like that. They may see, oh, my God, um you study this like what did you learn like can you tell me more about it because I'm, I'm interested in learning they don't do that with witchcraft it's, it's like, like a- how people treat artists on the internet like, yeah oh my god can you just like draw me something like really quick yeah are you gonna pay me no 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 but like i'll give you exposure i'll like tell people that you did it yeah. for me it's like yeah. no <laughs> yeah no so um there's that and i also think other secrets could be other things like if a witch shares a spell with you and you're not sure, ask them, can I show other people? Like, yeah. Because maybe they just wanted to help you out, but it's like personal to them. Yeah. So, yeah, don't go sharing other people's stuff. Really, you just shouldn't tell anybody's secrets anyway. Because even if it's like a stupid secret that like the person shouldn't be worried about, but they are, like yeah. that's... They got to deal with that, and you can't just, like, force them to deal with it. You're not the therapist. You don't get to do, like, um, what's that thing where, like, if you're afraid of spiders, they show you spiders? Exposure therapy. Oh. You don't get to just exposure therapy people because you think their secrets are dumb. Yeah. And, like, 
as much as I like to gossip, there are people that I can't stand, but they've told me things in confidence. I don't tell anybody because that's not gossip. That's just hurtful. Then if they told me something in confidence, they're not even witches, I'm saying. But I'm saying, yeah. you know, somebody tells you something and even if you were best friends and now you're not friends with them, you know what, just keep that confidence because yeah. you were friends at that point and you wouldn't have done it then. So why are you going to do it now? You know? That is the culmination of all of these lovely philosophical concepts we've just been discussing. That is the moment where you have to be virtuous. Yeah. Right? You just have to do the good thing. Oh, but now the Scorpio me comes out. Okay. For some reason, mm-hmm. people love to confide these weird things. Like, I just met you? It's our Cancer Moons. Oh, no, that's what it is. They dude. look at us and they're like, oh my God, you're so loving and caring. Let me tell you everything about my life. I hate it. met a woman mm-hmm. and we went for lunch where she proceeded to tell me basically that she's having an affair. Like, it was just really weird because I thought I was misinterpreting what she was saying because I don't know you like oh that. Oh my God. Okay. So she's talking to me and I'm trying to eat. <laughs> and I'm in one of my favorite places. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm in Art Cafe in Nyack. Love Art Cafe. Love Art Cafe. So I love their brunch. They're vegan. Have you had their vegan, vegan breakfast? I have not. It's almond flour pancakes. Oh my God, wait. I haven't had pancakes. scramble. Okay. Girl. In so long, I haven't had pancakes. Girl, these pancakes. Close. I'm, I, husband and I are going to go there. Make me so happy. So anyway. Um, so yeah, so she's telling me this and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I swear to God, I felt like maybe I'd had like a mini stroke because I'm like, she can't possibly be telling me this. Yeah. Because it'd been a while, but since someone has done that, but that happens to me all the time. People like just meet me and I'm like, okay, I don't have to be virtuous. I am going to spill tea from here to kingdom come. Because why are you telling me these deep, dark things? It's just weird. If I just met you, I just met her and she was like, oh, we should grab lunch. I had met her in a class. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. And then she's telling me this stuff. And it was just, i that's we, the kind of stuff that happens to me, you know, where I just meet you and it's like, we don't have a bond at all. Why are you telling me your I deep, dark secrets? I went to dinner and the waitress at dinner, three. The waitress? The waitress at dinner, three minutes into, hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I lost my dad really young. So I'm just, I was like, oh, cool. Like, what do you do with that? Why? Why are you confiding in me? You don't know me. I could be a total jerk. I am a total jerk. Well, but no, but that's when I go, oh, my God. But then again, nobody knows this person. But I did tell my friends afterwards. I'm like, all right, so I had the weirdest. I'm never going to hang out with that person. And I said, because I don't really want to be involved in your life. Like, let me get to know you. Then if you're my friend and you do this stuff, well, then I'll help you. But I don't know you like that. Why are you telling me your life? Or, like, people on, like, grocery store lines. Oh, yeah. Always want to talk to me. Yeah. Like, stop. At the airport, people want to talk to me. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. You, like, exude bougie. But, what? If I was at the airport and I saw you, I would be like, oh, my God, this bitch takes, she rides first class. I need to talk to her. She's got the in. But sometimes it works out because I had this lovely conversation with this woman. um, And when we landed, she was like, oh, do you want to ride? Yeah. Yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, and she did. She just kind of like wow. took me. Yeah, it was awesome. Every once in a while, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's really nice. But she didn't confide her life to me, though. Yeah. I mean, we just had a conversation and it's over now, you know? But sometimes you get people where you're just like, why are you telling me all this? It's like, I wish I had a stronger bitch face. I um, wish that I like looked bitchier. I look bitchy and people still don't get it. They still talk to me. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, maybe if I looked a little bit bitchier, it would be better. If it's a cancer moon, you can't avoid it. I know. But I have a Capricorn rising. And I draw my eyebrows on, like, full-on anime eyebrows. There's, like, straight lines across my face. So I feel like people should look at me and be like, no, no, this bitch is crazy. I'm good. 
You do not draw your eyebrows like that. I just want people to know because now people are going to have this image of you. I'm going to post a picture of my You do not have that. Stop. I did it. I do it on purpose. I really love just my straight across eyebrows. Okay. (laughs) So, So, yeah. Another thing he talks about is forming a pagan training group. And I love that he calls it a training group, not a circle or a coven or anything like that. It's a a training group. I loved this section. Um, And he says, build self-confidence so you can lead. And it's okay not to know stuff or to mess up. See? Yeah, no, this would have been great if we had talked about him before we talked about Dave Nunn. Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> like, would have been awesome. I know. I love that that was his first piece of advice. Like, yeah. you need to accept that there is going to be leadership involved and become confident with that. Yeah. Because even if... Like, when we when Wishface became a thing, I knew from the jump that I was not the leader. And, like, I'm very cool with that and I love that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there aren't moments where I have to be yeah. confident and, and in charge and address things that, like, are my expertise. So even if when you're setting up your pagan training group, which is the best name ever, you know that you're not going to be, like, the head witch in charge, it doesn't mean that you don't still have to address the confidence issue in yourself and move forward and, and do what you have to do regardless of it. Yeah. And it's okay to be the head witch in charge and still say, I, I don't know this. Yeah. Or I don't know that. Like, you're a person. You're not going to know everything. He says, um, to start out casually, he says you do need perfect love and perfect trust. And I've always had issues with that. Like, the idea <laughs> of, like perfect love and perfect trust. There's not a perfect anything. Yeah. But I get it. I, I know the phrase. Um Start out casually and start out by experimenting with ESP by playing games. I love games. We've never done that. I, I read that and I went, oh. the whole idea of putting a photo in an envelope and then sealing the envelope and then like, like you know what it is. Like, I know what it is. Yeah. But then I tell you what's in the envelope to see if you can figure out My what it is. problem is that like I'm not psychic. You don't know that. Technically, I, according to my friends, I am psychic. I think we should try this. We've never tried this. We have to, you know what we should do? We should try this. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's just going to be you and me because I was going to say we should record it and put it like on Instagram. We should. Do like an IG story. Yeah. But if we do that, it's just you and me because no one else is going to get on there. No one else will do but it, yeah. But I say we do this. Like okay. this could be a lot of fun. I'll put a poll up on Instagram to see if anybody wants us to do it. Yeah. Because I just think this would be funny. I think. It will be funny because it's just going to be me going, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <sighs> Um, okay. Do a meditation. Yeah. Research and reading assignments. And I love that he said that. Right? Because I feel like there's so many people who are like, I just go on intuition. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, bitch. We all go on intuition. But you got to read. You got to do. I mean, look, these books that we've been doing now for the year and couple of. Oh, my God. Right? These are all books that, like, I had, that I've read, Mm -hmm. whatever. I'm getting something different. Talking about it with you and all that. So reading research is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that like so much of becoming a pagan is like retraining your brain. Yeah. Right. Most people are not lucky enough to be raised pagan. And so you have all of this other shit from being Catholic or Jewish or Muslim or whatever you started with, you know, from a wee child you have to now unpack all of this. And you can't do that uncritically. 
Or, well, you can. You absolutely can. People do it all the time. You shouldn't do that uncritically, is what I want to say there. Yeah. And so being able to be like, yeah, let's read. Even if it's like, I'm reading an article from Patheos, right? I'm not reading a whole book. I'm reading an article. Fine. Good. Yeah. Right? Do that. Read a wonderful um, meditation guide and journaling activity book from Witch Space that is in our link in our bio on Instagram, Witch Space Co., because that would be really useful. There you go. Nice plug. <laughs> I try my best. Um, what else? He also mentions um, to beware of psychic freeloading. Oh, yeah. Which I loved. Especially because I think when you start out with these things, when when you start out and you've got a bunch of friends together and you're all kind of interested in this stuff and you want to get into it, there can be very easily... And not even intentionally, people who are sucking your energy, who are taking from you because they haven't figured out how to take from themselves yet. Yeah. And sometimes this is, like, malicious. But sometimes it's just, I'm a wee newbie to this concept and I have never tried it before and you are less of a newbie and so now I'm pulling from you. And so addressing that from the jump, being like, hey, when we're setting up our plans to do this, be aware that this could be a concept – it's not a thing that, like, people think about all the time. Psychic freeloading is... I barely think of regular freeloaders. Mm-hmm. So just just even to be conscious of it, to be aware that, like, yeah, sometimes you're going to be giving more than you're getting, and you need to be conscious of that and how the dynamic works in the group is a really smart move. And I think another thing that's important is some people are really naturally empathic. Yes. And until they realize, one, that they are... They want to understand what they're feeling. And two, be able to train themselves to protect themselves. Being in a group can be hard. And that doesn't mean you should stop or you should not want to be part of it. But I think everybody in your group, if you're coming to it with perfect love and perfect trust, tell them, I think something's happening with me. Yeah. I'm picking up on these vibes. And let your training group, I feel like it's a little army of witches. Your pagan training group, like with little, you know, spears, like we're coming to get you. Um, I feel like tell your group, like, hey. I think I'm empathic or I think I'm picking up on these signals and mm-hmm. let them let them try to help you because we know somebody who's a very empathic. Yeah. And she comes to things or not, you know, depending on what she can do. And, and sometimes not coming is the right choice. Yeah. And I've, I've been trying to um, work with her, trying to help her. She's She's amazing. And I think that once she's able to finally like really shield herself and guard herself she's going to be able to work with people and really help people yeah she really is an amazing empath but it's been very hard for her you know yeah so so not just psychic freeloading be aware of your own psychic abilities or as they develop you know and and don't be afraid to tell people like hey this is happening like you're not crazy there are empaths yeah and i think a lot of times people feel like if i say this out loud they're gonna be like oh yeah you have abilities yeah you do (laughs) you know so I think it's tough because I do think that we have, I I think we specifically, us too, but Mm -hmm. the community in general needs to have skepticism. Yes. We need to be able to be like, all right, well, let's take a step back. Like, do you have abilities or is it just been a really rough time in your life? Right. But if, if the people you're working with say that, you have two options. Either you are working with a group that you don't trust and that doesn't trust you and therefore you should probably just leave or these people that you trust and who trust you are just trying to make sure that you're being as skeptical and as critical as possible and taking a minute to be like hey 
let's think about this critically, is not an attack. Right? That is not somebody now freeloading off of you being like, right. oh, I don't, they don't believe me. They're just siphoning my, no, we're just, we're all supporting each other. Yeah. And part of that is questioning each other. And part of that is being conscious of when you have something going on, whether like emotional, physical, psychic, etc., and being open and honest about that. Um, yeah. I, I, when people tell me something, I take them at their word. The skepticism is there. Yeah. And when it came to Virgo, when she told me she was really empathic, I was like, yeah, okay. But I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, outside, I was like, oh, okay. Yes. Inside, I was like, yeah, all right. And there was a time when I saw her on a daily basis. And she knew exactly what mood I was in. She could tell when my mood was changing. And she just started telling me things where I went, oh, damn, girl, you got a problem. Mm -hmm. I was like, because this is too good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes you can just, especially with an empath, I think it's it's easy to kind of yeah. test that out without telling them, I don't know if I believe you. Yeah. Um, and not because there aren't empaths, but, yeah, I think you have to be skeptical of everything. But, yeah. So there's that. What else? Oh, there's a whole thing on working with familiars that I really like. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> test to start working with pets and building a psychic connection. Um, he says, help them to start develop their innate magical abilities because every familiar has the capability of being magical. Yeah. Um, mine's just old. <laughs> he's just, he's stubborn and he's old and it's like, okay, fine. We're not going to do something. But... I mean, he was always on things. He was always like, and I could just call him by just thinking about him and he would just like pick up his head. And that's kind of how I started my little connection with him. And that's mm -hmm. when I started the whole, I'm going to look into your eyes kind of thing and let's talk. And yeah. so I like that he mentioned that there aren't a lot of books, although there is one we're going to talk about, yes. which is how to work with a familiar because people have asked us. So I think that might, even though it's jumping the timeline. Yeah. I mean, if people want to hear it and yeah. we have had a bunch of people be like, talk to us about familiars. Yeah. We're going to do it. So maybe we'll just like jump ahead and do that book. Um, he does talks about seasonal rights, supplemental rights. The whole like middle section of the book is like rites and rituals. Yeah. And they were really interesting to read. Um, they definitely have like a, a pagan Wiccan flair. Yeah. Um, they're not necessarily rites or rituals that I would use. Mm-hmm. But holy crap, would they be super useful if I was an eclectic witch? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If I was still an eclectic witch, I would be using that book. What I like about this book is that it feels like a friend is talking yes. to me. It doesn't feel like, okay, and not that the other books are bad. I love Cunningham. I love Buckland. Like, these are great people who have written books that you can actually follow. Yes. You know, and do and build your practice and do your things. But for him, it was just like, yeah, it felt like I had a zine. It felt like I had a friend just yeah. talking to me and was like, yeah, so this is how you can set this up. This is like, what we do. Here's yeah. yours. Like, you could change it. Whatever. Yeah. So I loved that, yeah. you know? Um, but there were a lot of interesting things like magical dances, mm -hmm. uh, spells of the comb in the mirror, uh, storm magic. I mean, like, things Storm that magic is really interesting because it's something that I see a lot in um, online in like modern witchcraft mm -hmm. is talking about storm witchcraft and that sort of thing. And I see a lot of it in the context of like folk magic. So it was nice to be like, Oh no, cool. You could also yeah. do storm magic as a Neo Wiccan is what I'm going to call yeah. this practice. Sure. So thumbs up. We recommend this book. I do. I think yeah. it was really cute. I think um, for me, 
as a non-Wiccan secular witch, I really like it because I love spell design. Mm. I love spell design. Like, that's my shtick. So that's the kind of book that I would keep around to be like, well, how do people write rituals? How can I use this for inspiration? Right. What is the reasoning behind the comb in the mirror? How does the dancing replicate the elementals? Like it, it, There's insight in all of that, even if you don't use it personally. I think you can even use this stuff and not be a religious witch. I yeah. think you know the information on raising energy through dance, I mean, that's the most basic thing you can do. Yeah. So here's one way to do it, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the key to this, is that even if you're not going at this religiously, you can still take this as a secular witch and see, how can I break this down and what makes sense to me? Because it is all energy work. Yeah. So how can you use it? So yeah, I really like this book. I thought it was great. Um, there is a section towards the back uh, titled American Indian Ceremonial Prelude. Oh, yeah. That which, was... let's, I'm just going to say this. First of all, if you see something in a witchcraft book that is referred to exclusively as American Indian or yeah. Native American, it's probably bullshit. There were lots of different Native American tribes right. and peoples. And if you're not talking about a specific one, it's probably just some whitewashed shenanigans. Yeah. Um, also, I feel really weird about what is a primarily white people movement taking yeah. Native American practices mm-hmm. and just deciding that, all right, this is ours now. Yeah. Um, I think that addresses that pretty well. I think, and I don't know who we is, because there is no, like, council of witches. Um, like, on Bewitched, yeah. the witches council, you could just say, well, let's go to the witches council and hash this out. Um, I think that we need to start having a conversation about this, because, yeah. yes, when we're talking about Gardner and we're talking about all that, the old guard, we're talking about white people. We'll talk, we're talking about um, binary normative people. Um, you know, they don't reflect, they didn't reflect their society because none of this is new, right? Yeah. Um, but it reflected their perspective. So now we move forward, right? And we look at people, and I think some people are just like, I'm just going to follow this religion and not think about the text. Yeah. Other people are going, this doesn't even fit me because I'm not in here. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, I'm like, no, you're totally in there. And I think instead of following when it comes to, am I represented? Look at a pantheon. Look at the different pantheons that are out there, all the different types of gods and goddesses. Everybody's represented at some point. But at what point do you say it's okay to take from another tradition. In other yeah. words, is it okay for me to say I'm eclectic Wiccan because I am also Bruja, because I have my culture, so I'm okay to take, but a white person can't take from another. And I understand why you can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm saying we need to have a conversation with about that as witches. Yeah. Because at some point, if it works, it works. At what point is it not cultural appropriation? At what point is it sharing with somebody else so that their practice gets stronger do you know what i mean yeah like i would have no problem if you said give me a spell and i gave you something said okay this is something that i did it's not wiccan this is different let me show you what i do i don't have a problem doing that i don't think like now this white woman's taking my culture yeah and she's gonna no it's like you're a witch i'm a witch i've got something i got you like so i have said on the podcast multiple times that i really like yoga Mm -hmm. I've also said on the podcast multiple times that I'm white as hell. (laughs) 
like the world's whitest lady. There was a period of time where I stopped doing yoga because I was cognizant of the fact that the yoga that we do in America is like this deeply bastardized practice based on Hindu traditions Mm -hmm. and that doing like being taught yoga by another like young white chick teaching me how to do downward dog is so far removed from the original Hindu practice that it's, it's it's rude. It's fucked up. But also it is the only thing that I enjoy doing that allows me to move my body and feel healthy in my body. And so after a certain point, I had to be like, listen, if somebody asks me, I'm going to tell them, yeah, you know what? It's kind of fucked up for white people to have taken yoga and made it into this like exercise fad when it had like this, these roots in Hinduism that were much more deep and important and, and you know, yeah, it's super fucked up, but it works and I need it. And I'm sorry. Um, we not only need to talk about cultural appropriation, but we need to talk about it in a systematic sense, right? You can't just point, and I get, I understand that this sounds a little ridiculous because I'm saying it about <laughs> me wanting to be able to do yoga. You can't just point at a white person and be like, fuck you, white person. You took something, like you messed this up. No, the system, like the imperialist system mm-hmm. took these things right. and bastardized them. And Gardner and Crow- Crowley, Crowley, Crowley and Valiente are all representations of mm-hmm. the people who were in power, the right. imperialist system. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, I want to talk about, I want to do this. I want to have a podcast where we talk about cultural appropriation, but I want to talk about it in a way that is, like, nuanced. And I, I want everybody who listens to be emotionally prepared that I'm not going to come on the podcast and be like, yo, fuck that one specific white girl <laughs> who, like uses karen yeah fuck karen for her fucking sage that she's smudging that she didn't even buy from like native people like yeah should she do that no right but the issue is the system and if you fix the system the problem becomes less apparent less right. less problematic and by the way i have one of my best friends is named karen we're not talking about that no karen. not you karen we we're, love we're you, talking karen. about like the meme generic karen. Karen. yeah generic listen karen linda yeah, Linda. Yeah. I just realized I said that and I'm thinking, she's probably <laughs> going to listen to this and go, well, thanks a lot. Not you. No, not you. You're great. Yeah. Um, this book is good, though. Like, except yeah. for that one moment. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I like, I like that we're moving into books that are, like, practical. Yeah. Like, we're moving away from a lot of the theory, which, trust me, I love theory. We <laughs> love theory. But... It's nice to be able to be like, yeah, you know what, guys, read this book because you can do something with it. You can use this tomorrow. If you pick it up today, you can use it tomorrow. I just started thinking about theory. And I don't know. We keep, we keep playing with this idea of like leaving the timeline and like jumping. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like we still have probably a couple of old folks to talk yeah. about. Before we, we can say, you know what, let's do a time jump and let's get out of here and see what's going on now in witchcraft. But, um, yeah, I recommend this book. It's a fun read. It's super cute. The aesthetic is to die for. I'm going to post some pictures on Instagram. Just precious. And I think that's it. That's it for Ed Fitch. Thank you so much, Ed. Yeah, honestly, like, thanks for making a zine. 
but in a book form. Maybe we need to make a zine. I thought about it at the beginning of this episode and I didn't say it because I knew you were going to be okay with it. So I was like, I'm not going to say that because she'll like it. No. What would we possibly put in the zine? I literally have no idea. Listen, if we didn't work, I would say, yeah, like, let's do a zine. Let's just do... Let's write a book. Yeah, let's Let's do a YouTube channel. Like, yeah, let's just do all these things. But yeah, no. Um, This is our zine. This is our zine. (laughs) This is it. This is what you get. Yeah. Oh, that'd be really cute. Like little zine versions of each podcast. Oh my gosh. Sorry that I have such good ideas, guys. Okay. But going forward, the only thing that we have to do is we have to do the envelope thing. Yes. We have to do the ESP game and record it and put it on Instagram. And maybe the next time we record, maybe we'll record it also on video and like put it up somewhere. Like our crazy bloopers. Yeah. If you guys want that, let us know on Instagram. Send me a DM. I mean, or just comment on any of our pictures or our stories, but like send me a DM and be like, yo, we really want to see your faces. Yeah. Just to gauge some interest. That means I have to sleep the night before so I don't look like I'm falling asleep. I have to actually put on makeup. (laughs) I do that like twice a year. Well, this was great. Yeah. Thank you so much to Sean McShane. Yes. Satan and Angel, who makes the most amazing intro and outro music for us. And thank you to everybody who's listening. We love you guys and we love all the interaction on Instagram. So please continue to just more comment. More, 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 more. Yes. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. <laughs> <laughs>